Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your loving kindness. We thank you, Father God, for being in the midst of us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, which is our teacher, which is our helper. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us into all truth, reveal unto us on tonight. And Father, I thank you that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it. Thank you that our hearts are open and receptive to receive the word of God, the word of life. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go back over our review dealing with the fence, and then we'll move on. We gave a definition of offense means words or deeds that entice you to sin. It's a trap that Satan used to entrap us. So offense is words or deeds that that entice you to sin, and Satan uses this as a trap to entrap us. We talked about offense will come. We started with Luke 17, 1, when Jesus um, told them that offenses will surely come. That's what that impossible means, that it's going to come, but woe to the one that bring offense. So we could be one that bring offense. We could be one that make our brother or sister fall, and Jesus is forewarning us, letting us know, woe to the one that bring offense. So we should try, with the help of the Holy Spirit, not to bring offense and not to take offense. So past hurt and betrayal will bring on offense. If you have any past hurt in your life or if someone has betrayed you that you put a lot of trust in, then that could bring offense because if you have not been healed from those hurts, then when somebody else come up to you, those past hurts would come out at someone else, and it can come through offense. Um, When trouble and persecution comes, offense shows up. So we see when trouble and persecution comes, sometimes we're tested through troubles and persecution. Offense will show up through those times. I don't know about you, if we got issues in our lives, underlining issues that we have never taken care of, when we get tried or we get tested, you know, uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people has been tried and tested. So offense began to come up through that, and we went through that in Isaiah 48.10. Pride will not allow you to see offense. A prideful person, they do not see themselves, they see everybody else. So pride will not allow us to see offense. So we have to check ourselves and we have to ask the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, do I have any pride in me? Is there anything in me that's keeping me from seeing myself? And the Holy Spirit will show us. Um, Also, a hardened heart will not allow us to see offense. If your heart becomes insensitive, where it's hard because you focus more on what somebody else have done to you and not seeing what you have done to others, that's being more sensitive to the world's way and not what the word of God says. So a hardened heart will not allow you to see offense. Hebrews 3.13. People cannot see their true condition. People cannot see their true condition. When you have been in offense for so long, Take an offense or bring an offense. Sometimes we cannot see our true condition. And I went over that through Revelations 3, 14 through 20, when the church of Laodicea, they thought they were okay because they were rich. 
But Jesus began to show them their true condition. He began to show them their heart. So we need to ask God to show us our true condition. Because sometimes we think that we okay when we're not okay. That's why David even said, show me my secret faults. It's some things that we don't even know about that we're holding deep within that could cause offense. So we have to ask the Holy Spirit to search us. Holy Spirit, search me and see if there's any wicked way in me. And when we find out what it is through the help of the Holy Spirit, then we take the word of God to uproot what the Holy Spirit has shown us. If we've been that way for years, and this is the thing that people miss, we as brothers and sisters in Christ, when we see a brother or sister doing things that's outside of the will of God, it is up to us to approach that brother or sister and let them know what we are seeing. Now, they don't want to take what you're saying. You did what you needed to do. That's not on you. That's just like a child getting ready to touch a hot stove, and you see that child going towards that stove. Some people say, well, let them get burnt. They won't touch it no more. But why let them get burnt when you can tell them you can't touch this? Because if you touch this, you will get burned. But after you tell them and they go try it for themselves, they know you didn't lie, right? So that's how it is with the word of God. Everything that's written, God is not going to change. And see, what we have to look at when God say, this is the consequences that's going to take place if you do this. And we're saying, it's God's fault that this has happened. No, it's our fault because God already forewarned us through the word of God what would happen if we do anything outside of his word. So the next thing is how a believer should be. We talked about um, how believers should be through 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. It tells us how we should be. And then dealing with the fence. We know Matthew 18, 15 through 17. That tells us how we deal with the fence. If you offended or if someone have offended you, you need to go to that brother or sister. You do not need to go home and pray about it. But let me express the praying about it. Sometimes people don't know how to approach that brother or sister. So at the time, you have to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how do I handle Sister Deborah? I don't know how to approach her because you know how she is when people come up to her. And I don't want to do anything to make matters worse. So maybe sometime you do have to say a little prayer. But it should not take you 20, 30 days to go to that person because when you wait, guess what? Something else is going to attack that person and you could have been the one showing that person what has went on between you two. And that way they can be aware and it'll help them not for, you know, for somebody else to come up to them in the same way and they got offended. So we want to make sure that we're helpers of one another, but we want to do what we do in love. Um, offended people are, number one, those who have been treated unjustly will hold offense because of being treated unjustly. I can say some of us or the majority of us have been treated unjustly. Especially when you know that you're doing all that you can do according to the word. It may be a boss, it may be a husband, it may be a wife, it may be your children, maybe your cat, maybe your dog. It may be anybody or anything. But when you know you have been treated unjustly, 
you don't hold an offense. You make sure you don't allow offense to take root in your heart because you know the person is treating you unjustly. So you want to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how do I get through this? Holy Spirit, how do I handle this? And I'm pretty sure that the Holy Spirit will show you how to handle it without offense. Number two, those who believe they have been treated unjustly, those who believe now not been treated unjustly, but they believe they've been treated unjustly. They believe with all their hearts that they have been treated wrong. Their conclusions are drawn from inaccurate information. Or the information is accurate, but the conclusion is distorted. Their understanding is darkened because of their heart. They judge by assumption, appearance, and rumor. Those are the ones that believe they've been treated unjustly. And that comes through a person that's already having hurt in their heart or already are offensive. They believe that just because a person asked them a question, oh, you're trying to get my business. No, I just need an answer, that's all. Well, who told you to come and ask me that? Why would you ask me something about that anyway? If a person do you that way, they're guilty. If a person speaks up their, that way, it's something in their lives that they're holding guilt and condemnation with and trying to throw it off on you so you back off of them. There's something that they have committed and you're just asking them a question and don't know what went on in their past life. You're just getting their opinion on something you may be discussing. Give you an example. I don't know why I'm picking on you, Sister Deborah, but I'm going to do it. Um, even though she's not like this. If I go to Sister Deborah and I'll say, we're having a, a, a little discussion, and I'll say, Sister Deborah, how do you feel about, you know, a woman acting out of her character, you know, when she, she's saved, when she's supposed to be saved? And she look at me and say, oh, you trying to say I'm acting out of my character? What that sound like? I'm asking her because we're talking. We're talking the word. And I'm saying, how do you feel about a woman when she's acting out of her character? Mind you or not, mind, I'm not trying to say it's her. We're just talking because I feel, feel like I can talk with her. But she knew, she, she knows she has been acting out of her character. So now she's asking me, why would you ask me that? Do you think I've been acting out of my character? Excuse me? There go your answer right there. She has. She feel like she has, and she feel like I just sought her up, as Deacon Newton would say. She's trying to sought me up. She's trying to put me out there. She's trying to make people see that I'm acting out of my character. That's an offensive person. Or if you ask somebody something innocently, you know, how was work today? Why you ask me how work was today? Okay, they done something at work they shouldn't have done. Or they got something that was going on that shouldn't have been going on at work and they're feeling guilty about it. Have y'all ever experienced that from people? You asking them a simple question, but they're coming at you like you done something wrong. So those are situations we got to know how to discern through the help of the Holy Spirit. And we got to know how to answer according to the word of God, because we know they're already hurt. So we have to come in with love instead of coming back in. A soft answer turns away wrath, Proverbs 15, 1, but grievous words Stir up anger. 
So if I come back at Sister Deborah and say, you don't talk to me like that. And evidently, you've been showing your tail. So what are we going to get into? A heated discussion. So what am I doing? I'm drawing her away from Christ instead of drawing her to who she is in Christ. So that's why we have to hold our tongue. So those are some of the things that we have been talking about. But I was asking God today, I said, okay, God, what's next dealing with this offense? So God took me back to the meaning of offense. It said words or deeds that entice you to sin. So God said, I want you to deal with words tonight. If words is what entice us to sin, we got to deal with our mouth. And some of us don't want to deal with our mouth because we got a potty mouth. And even though cuss words don't come out of it, we have some harsh words that come out of our mouth because when we take offense, when somebody upset us, I'm going to get you. I got my eye on you, Thea. Get you back. I'm going to get you back. Your day of reckoning is coming. I may not say that to her, but in the back of my mind, hello, somebody. I'm keeping this one. I can smile. I can laugh with you. But I'm going to have an opportune time to make you look like you made me look and see how you like it now. Words. So, the first scripture God gave me with dealing with words is Matthew 12, 34 through 37. And I believe that I am coming out of, I did not bring my iPad, but I'm going to say it's the easy, easy to read version or it is the expanded. I'll go back and check it to bring corrections if I'm wrong. Matthew 12, 34 through 37 says, you snakes, you are so evil. How can you say anything good? What people say with their mouths comes from what fills their hearts. Those who are good have good things saved in their hearts. That's why they say good things. But those who are evil have hearts full of evil, and that's why they say things that are evil. I tell you that everyone would have to answer for all the careless things they have said. This will happen on the day of judgment. Your words will be used to judge you. What you have said will show whether you are right or whether you are guilty. So we have to understand that our words will justify us or our words will condemn us. And even though God has forgiven us of past, present, and future sins, even though we're born again, we are going to stand before God for the words that we have used. When we say the, the idle words are words that are inoperative, they are worthless. They have no meaning. So whatever we say to people that are worthless and have no meaning to make them stumble, we're going to have to give an account when we stand before God. We're going to have to give an account whether we're justified, whether we're right for what we said, or whether we're guilty, which means condemn. Words are important, y'all. That's why we have to make sure... We have to think before we speak. 
We have to think before we speak because if we get this scripture deep down on the inside of us, see, Jesus was letting those Pharisees know, I already know what tree you represent. I know by what's coming out of your mouth. Because if it's a good tree, good things are going to come from that tree. If it's a bad tree, bad things are going to come from that tree. If we're Christians, if we're saints, if we're set apart ones, our hearts should be filled with good things. That means whatever come out of our mouth should represent God because he is a good God. It should represent his word. But what do we do? We'll say something and say, oh, I didn't mean to say it. Where did that come from, though? You didn't mean to say it, but where did it come from? It come from somewhere because you didn't just automatically bring that out that quick. Now, a person who stutters to get it out, they're thinking about really what they're saying, but they're still bringing it out. Some people are slow leaks, but they'll hit you where it hurt. Because later on, what I mean a slow leak, my husband can tell me a joke, y'all. I'm a slow leak. I don't get it. So let me tell you how offense come with me when it come from him. Manda, anybody could have got that. What part of that joke you didn't understand? Listen again. And I'm listening hard as I can. I'm paying close attention now. Go ahead, say it again. And then I'd be like, I don't get that. You just don't get, you just don't get it when it comes to, who wouldn't take offense? He making me feel like I'm stupid. Would you take offense? If somebody keeps telling you, everybody else get it except you. Every joke I be telling you, everybody getting it except you. Well, maybe it's stupid joke. That's why I ain't getting it. That's what I told him. It's stupid, evidently, because I know I'm not stupid. So it's offense on both ends, isn't it? Come on, y'all haven't done it. Some of y'all probably done it just today. Today. And looking so innocent. Don't offend it. People look so innocent like they don't never take offense. Mm -hmm. I'll give y'all this example. Um, My nephew, I think he's 31. I believe he's 31 now. And me and my husband, we would keep him all the time. Very smart. Very smart. So I had to call him for him to help me with the problem Jeremy was having with his homework. So he helped me with it and did a good job. And then he had a nerve to say, Aunt Amanda, is there anything else that I need to help you with? Oh, you're trying to say I'm stupid? But he wasn't saying it in a bad way. But I felt so little. I did. Have y'all ever been in that situation? You got nieces and nephews now that know how to count better than you. You sitting up there trying to add the money up. They done added it up. Give me an opportunity. I haven't even pulled out the calculator yet. Just give me a chance. Do that make you feel so little? Or when you call your children and ask them something, they say, Mama, you can call her back on FaceTime. I'm going to call her back on FaceTime. I don't have nothing to call her back on FaceTime. Mama, FaceTime is on your phone. Yes. Find it, Mama. It's a green little button. You hit FaceTime. It'll show you everybody that. Oh, my goodness. It sure did. Thank you, honey. I did not get offended. 
Because he was telling me, mama, you do have it. So some people would get offended and say, I'm your mama. You don't talk to me like that. You acting like I'm stupid. See how quick offense will come? When sometimes people are not trying to cause offense, but we have stuff in us already where we feel a little stupid anyway. And not stupid, ignorant. I say ignorant. Scratch that. Somebody got mad because they say I call you stupid. Ignorant. That's bad too. Ignorant mean don't know. I'll just use don't know because when you use ignorant and stupid, people get mad at you. So you have to really know what, see the Holy Spirit reminded me, words produce. And if there's somebody out there watching or you guys in this room where if the Holy Spirit reminds me, I try to bring correction. But now if he don't say nothing to me, you better get your little sensitive behind in the word and get something right. Because you should be over that by now. Come on, somebody. So this is what offense does, and the enemy is trying to entrap Christians with offense. So what we have to do, y'all remember this scripture, Proverbs 18, 21. Remember this one, the easy-to-read version. This, the tongue can speak words that brings life or death. We know that, right? Hold it. Do we really know that? Let's be honest. Do we really know that the tongue can bring life or death? Do we really know, y'all? Let's just be honest. We say we know, but we don't speak like we know. Because listen at this. Those who love to talk must be ready to accept what it brings. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those that what? Love it shall eat the what? So by what you speaking out your mouth is what you've been eating. That's what's happening. So we say we know that scripture. I say I know that scripture. But do things come out my mouth sometime that it shouldn't with my husband? Yes, sorry, buddy. Why is it so with husband and wife? Because we're one. We're one. So if anybody can hurt anybody, it's us hurting each other because we should know each other so well that I shouldn't do stuff just to get on his nerves. Right? If I know what his weakness is, why do I want to try to make him weak instead of making him strong? Why would he want to make me weak in an area instead of building me up? So when you stay with somebody for so long, you know their struggles. And guess what we do? We use that against them to win an argument. What are we doing? We're bringing strife in our house. We're bringing offense and every evil work is coming because we in pride. Oh, you think you knocked me down? I'm getting ready to knock you flat on your face. That is offense. Because we don't want them to get one over on us. And I'm going to talk to the single people. You in the house by yourself, but you tearing your head up every night. Oh, yeah. You beating yourself up every night. You don't need no man. No, because you used to beating you up. So this is why, y'all, we have to recognize life and death. We have to recognize. We say we know the scripture from the pulpit out here to the congregation. We say we know that death and life was in the power of the tongue. 
Our tongue brings life or it brings death, but we steady speak death on people and thinking we're helping them because we want to say what we want to say. Just today, I had to bring some correction. The Holy Spirit is so good, y'all, because I may do things one way. You may do things the other way, but long as it get done, it don't matter which way somebody do it. They don't have to do it my way. I don't have to do it their way as long as it's done. But some people want to say, do it this way is easier. It may be easier for you, but this is the way I want to do it. Let me alone. Leave me alone. Right, honey? Me and my husband have these arguments all the time. He'd be trying to help me drive, y'all. Can you imagine? Don't agree with him. He be trying to help me. You know you men be trying to help women drive because y'all think we slow leaks. Y'all think we don't know how to stop. You don't think we know how to start the car. Y'all don't think we know how to turn left or turn. Y'all know I get my lefts and rights mixed up. But I get where I'm going. That brings offense, right? Rick said, my Lord. Ooh, we pushing some buttons. See, when it come to me and my husband, y'all, I'm not ashamed to talk about us. You know why? Because it's going to help another couple. Just the other night, I was driving. Can y'all believe I was driving? I sure was. Anyway, (laughs) it was nighttime. This is the funny part. I'm going to let my husband explain what I asked him. Come on and explain what I asked you, honey. Yeah, come on. When it was raining, what did I tell you? Just coming to I-40 the other night from Wilmington, and it was raining kind of hard. She don't like driving the night no way. So she was saying, I, I can't see. She said, um, either the windows fogged up or it's raining harder on my side. I'm like, what? She said, it's raining hard on my side or something I can't see. So anyway, I was still trying to figure it out, you know. So anyway, we got to Rocky Point, and um, it was pouring down rain. So you got to drive. And I didn't know she was planning on stopping at the service station and parking up under the, the shelves, you know. I said, I ain't getting out no rain like that, right? And she whipped the wheel back got, like she got mad or something. But she ended up stopping down the road and I had to get out in the rain anyway and get on the driver's side. And look, check this out, y'all. So we get to our destination. The point of the matter was, for safety reasons, I know how I am. And I know I had him in the vehicle with me. So pride ain't going to get me, and I'm trying to look, drive like Miss Daisy and do like this and hurt both of us. I got some Holy Ghost sense, okay? So I was going to pull over. While I'm going to pull over, he's going to holler at me. Can you imagine? I ain't getting out in no rain. Huh. You wasn't going to get out in no rain. Did you see where I was going to pull over at, man? So then when I did pull over, yes, he had to get out in the rain. So when we got to our destination, he said, you're going to drive back home. I say, okay, I'll drive back home. So check this out, y'all. When I'm driving, we put on our uh, high beams, right, when our cars are not coming, right? You know when you want to put on your high beams, right? So my husband said, I was putting them on, but he cut himself off because I already put them on. I said, honey. You wanted me to put on these high beams, and I was going to do it when I got ready to do it. 
And I'm just trying to help you, man, because you say you can't see. I said, listen, listen, listen. I appreciate your help. I do. But I know when I want to put on my high beams. So leave me alone. Because that man is my driver's aid teacher. If I need help from my driver's aid teacher, I ask you don't. But he come in when I don't. If that don't bring offense, Evangelist Newton, can I me? Go ahead, girl. Come on, y'all. Come on, women. High five. Hallelujah. But I thank God for my husband. And then when I really don't know, and I want to, Amanda, you know you can't. What? I just asked you. Now you want to tell me I can. I'm telling you, man. Mm-hmm. So can offense come, y'all? With anybody. We're only human. I'm just a man. Ain't that what that song said? I'm only human. I'm just a man. What's the other part? Help me to take one day, some at a time. Anyway, so y'all understand an offense now, right? We have to understand offense is going to come. I don't care how holy you're trying to be. It's going to come, but we have to know how to handle it when it comes. So the next scripture is, listen at this scripture. I love this one. Proverbs 13, 3. Those who are careful about what they say, watch, guard their mouth, protect their lives. Did y'all hear that? Those who are careful about what they say, <laughs> watch, guard their mouth, protect their lives. Do you know that's why women get knots upside their head? Do you know that's why some men are getting beat down from women? Because they're not guarding. They're not being careful about what they say. If they know that disturbs that man, don't say it if you don't want a black eye. But whoever, listen at this, speaks without thinking, spreads their lips wide, will be ruined. That's some of us. Those who are careful about what they say, watch, guard their mouth, protect their lives. But whoever speaks without thinking, spreads their lips wide, will be ruined. I'm reminded of something I almost laughed, but it's not funny. Do y'all know how they, people that are in stores, if you don't have on gloves, if you don't have on a mask, they're supposed to come up to you and say, excuse me, you need to put on a mask. One man did that, was a veteran, and got beat down. Now, he was protecting himself and other people from someone that was coming in the store without a mask. So what he was saying should not have brought harm to him. But the person who brought the harm already had other issues. So he got beat down because of that. When we went out to eat Sunday, when you get so used to not putting on a glove when you're getting your food. I was up there fixing a salad, and I heard this lady say, Miss, Miss. I'm like, why is she calling me like that? Miss, Miss. She said, here. I said, oh, thank you so much. 
I said, I completely forgot. Thank you. Y'all, I went back round the bar and I saw her again. I said, really? Thank you. I appreciate that. I thank you for doing that. I didn't take offense. I was letting her know I'm appreciative for you doing that because see somebody else that probably was rude and saw me with no glove on probably would have come up to me. But she could have saved me from something. So I said, thank you. And that's what we should be doing as Christians. We should do opposite to what other people are doing. That might help her on a day that somebody come at her and she'll say, I remember this nice lady coming to me and thanking me twice. And that could have helped her get through what somebody else said. So that's why we have to guard what we say. We watch our mouth. We protect our lives. You open wide your lips, you're going to see death. <laughs> That's just the truth. And some of it is seen in our own homes. Y'all don't know? We bring death in our home when we coming at each other in our marriage. When we're saying things but out of hurt. And then later on when you make up, baby, you know I ain't mean that. Baby, you know I love you. I love you too, baby. It ain't over. I want y'all to understand, women, y'all know it ain't over. Because when they hit you again with something else, you coming back up with yesteryears. Well, baby, I thought we were over there. Oh, yeah, you thought. But you thought wrong. I know you. And you don't, you don't do me like that. No, you don't. Ooh. This is real, y'all. Let's look at another one. Proverbs 21, 23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from troubles. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from trouble. Y'all, that's the word. When we guard our mouth and our tongue, we keep ourselves from trouble. Have y'all noticed we already know what we're going to say before we say it? Come on, y'all. Y'all don't know. Some of, us is all, some of us are already fully loaded with shotguns. What, what you call those things? Uh, a cannon. Some of you are just like a walking cannon. Ready to go off. Ready to kill somebody. Yeah. We're ready. And we act like it's nothing wrong with it. We act like, hey, I took care of that. I'll take care. Have y'all ever seen people in school that you knew not to mess with? They didn't have to hit you. The only thing they had to do was open their mouth and you run. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from trouble. Let's remember that. Listen at this one with David. Psalms 39.1. I said I will be careful how I act. Guard my way. And will not sin by what I say with my tongue. I will be careful what I say. Keep a muzzle on my mouth around wicked people. Y'all turn with me to Psalms 39. Y'all know this is David. The one that's after who heart? God's only heart. Now you know if David. But I'm going to tell you what David said. I said I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good and my sorrow was stirred. My heart mm, was hot within me 
while I was muzzing, muzzling, muzzing the fire burnt, then I spoke with my tongue. Whoop! There it is. Now, David said this. He said, I said, I will take heed to my ways. How many of us said it? How many of us say, I ain't going to mess with that man today? He ain't going to get on my nerves today. That I sin not with my tongue. I ain't sinning with my tongue. My husband ain't going to make me sin today, y'all. He ain't going to make me do it. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Let's say why the church is before me, not the wicked, the church. I was dumb with silence. See, dumb mean what? Can't speak. I held my peace, even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. My heart, my heart was hot within me. Have y'all ever had a a hot heart? Have y'all? Really? While I was muzzing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue. Now that's not like Jeremiah. Now Jeremiah was in prison. And he didn't want to speak no more for the Lord. But he was so full of the word. That the word was like fire burning on the inside of him. And he couldn't contain it. That's different. See, David is saying here. He said he wasn't going to say nothing, but his heart, his heart was hot (laughs) within him. He couldn't hold it, so he spake. Y'all, God is speaking to us tonight, isn't he? He's showing us that we as the church have to do better. We got to do better. Because you know, this is just coming before me. You know how we can be in meetings And we can just be so nice and things be hitting left and right. And you know it hits you at home plate. And you muzzling deep within your heart. Trying to keep it in. One more strike, Pastor, you out. (laughs) Hit me again. Then all of a sudden, I got to speak up. Y'all may not say nothing, but I got to say something about this matter. Hello? Anybody home? Or you can't wait till the meeting get over to get in the car. And you got to tell somebody that that just wasn't right. Okay, let's move on. Let's go to Psalms 19, verse 14. This is David again. He said, I hope my words, the words of my mouth, and the thoughts, the meditations of my heart, please before you, Lord. You are my rock, the one who saves me and my redeemer. King James says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. My strength and my redeemer. I hope my words, the words of my mouth, and the thoughts, the meditations of my heart. So David said, I want my words to be acceptable, to be pleasing. I want my thoughts, what I'm devising within, my meditations, I want it to be pleasing to you. So understand, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. When somebody come at you harshly, 
and you don't cast down that thought and that thought begin to just, how can I say, you meditating on that thought day and night. You meditating on what they said and you saying, why did they say that to me? What did I do for them to say that to me, for them to sound the way they sound? I haven't done nothing. Honey, why they do that to me? So if I go to him and I keep talking about it, morning, noon, and night, and I ain't getting rid of it, and I'm not going to my brother and sister, it is not pleasing in God's sight because I'm not doing what the word of God tell me to do. First of all, he said, go to that brother and sister. Why am I asking you, Athea? You didn't say it. So why am I asking you for you to give an answer for Julia? You can't answer for Julia. So why am I calling you Julia? Your name ain't Julia, Sophia. Short for T. So see what we do? We And this is how the devil do it. He don't only entrap me. He's entrapping Athea to be on my side. And then Athea is looking at Julia cross-eyed because she's saying, how could she talk to the pastor like that? And then she started talking to um, Julia in a way that she never talked to Julia. And Julia like, what's wrong with T? She act like she done lost her mind. Then she go jokingly to Athea. Girl, you better go find your mind. I ain't never lost it. What's your problem? You see how that started? See, everybody develop opinions about people through words or through actions. But God is telling us what David is saying here. Let the words of my mouth. And the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord. You're my redeemer. You're my strength. I want to be pleasing unto you. The word here, when he's saying words, he means speech. He means utterance. He means command. He means promise. All that got to be pleasing unto you, God. I want it to be acceptable. I want my thoughts to be pleasing unto you. What I'm thinking If it's not pleasing unto you, I don't need to be thinking it. Because if I keep thinking it, I'm going to eventually say it. Women, if we got a problem with our husbands, God is bringing this out for some reason. And the enemy is steady bringing us thoughts that that man even thinking about or that man ain't even said. We're building a case against our husbands when they ain't even said nothing. So we'll go to them and say, I I know what you're thinking. You thinking and they're like, huh? I ain't thought, yes, you did. We done build a case. We're supposed to cast that down. We're supposed to cast it down. So these teachings are coming out tonight or previously because God want us to get rid of stuff that's not pleasing to him. Things that come out of our mouths that's not pleasing, we got to give an account before God. Y'all, when I read that scripture Have y'all ever read something? It looked like a piece of paper be yay long. Think about how old you are and everything that has come out of your mouth. That should stop us. We should think before we speak. And if what we're thinking about is not lining up, we shouldn't say it. That's why I say cast down every imagination, every high thing that exalts itself 
from the knowledge of God. Bring into captivity every thought to who? The obedience of Christ. And when your obedience, hmm, that next part is what we got to grab hold to. We got to be obedient to what he said. So, and then the Lord gave me this in closing. And I'm like, why are you giving me this one? Proverbs 27, 5. Listen at this one, y'all. It is better to correct someone openly, publicly, than to have love and not show it, hide it. What that means is, let me read it out of King James. Y'all, God is so good. He reminds us, doesn't he? Open rebuke is better than secret love. That means if I love you, I'm going to openly rebuke you. I'm not going to do it in secret because that's not love. When you see your brother or sister in a wrong and they're wrong, you openly, publicly, sometimes it takes publicly rebuking someone in love, then to hide it when you know it's wrong. That's not love, y'all. This is the word. This is the word. So we need to start following what the words say instead of following how we feel. We can't tell people it's all right when it's not all right. You cannot be with a brother or sister all the time and say, I'm okay, when they're coming to you and saying, are you okay? Did I do something to offend you? Oh, no, no, sister. I'm good. Liar, liar. Pants on fire done blew up. You in your drawers now. We need to quit lying. We need to handle whatever's going on because it may not be like you see it to be. And even if a person change, we see them for where they were because we had not gotten rid of what we've been holding. If I offend Athea, and I pray I haven't Athea, if I have offended you, I'm so sorry. Huh? Okay. That's all she said and left me out in the dust. Anyway, <laughs> if if I have offended Athea, and Athea never comes come to me and tell me she was offended by me. She never comes to me. But all of a sudden, that stuff is really hidden. Now, if I go to Athea and say, Athea, if I offended you, I'm so sorry. No, 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 you all right. You ain't done nothing to me. I'm going on about my business. But if she keep this deep within, and then I come to Athea and I ask her something, and she'll say, see, that's what I'm talking about. You did it before, and here you are doing it again. What did I do? You know what you done. I shouldn't, aren't you the pastor? Oh, Jesus, what in the world did I do? You bringing back yesteryears, something that we should have resolved in the beginning. Or if we resolve it and I say, you know what, that was wrong. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Okay, okay, no problem. No problem, Pastor, no problem. Then next thing I know, when I come back to her and I say something, she go back on what I said before. We all done it. I just use marriage. We just use marriage, won't we, honey? Because some people don't talk in marriages. They don't talk. They don't communicate. I'm a talker. We ain't getting no sleep until we talk. Who said amen when I say I'm a talker? 
Joe, you come out of that booth. Uh-huh, I'm going to see what you got to say when I give you this mic. Let's see if we can get an amen. Hallelujah. Come on down, Joe. Let's see what you learned tonight. Since I'm a talker, let's see how much you can talk. Because I was going to call somebody up. Not unpick you. Come on down. So, we have to communicate, y'all, one with another. Amen? And that's how we resolve this issue. Because if you don't, the enemy is trying to entrap you. Come on, Joe, and tell me what scripture have stood out with you through this teaching that we have had. I'm going to give you an amen too, buddy. No, you're not. You can do it. You can do all things. Now speak up now. We want to hear you. Just look at it like a bowl of food. Hello? Can you hear me? Okay. Um, say what stuck out to me? Uh, uh, when you were talking about uh, offense tonight and words could be offensive. Oh, said she was talking about offense tonight and words could be offensive. And um, what stuck out to me the most? Um, a lot. Well, okay. Well, if if I don't like, okay, if. Dang. If if um, my wife uh, does something or say something to me that's uh, offensive, and I don't go to her and you know and tell her, look, hey, this is what happened, what you said, and it's bothering me. Uh, if I don't go ahead and deal with it right then, you know, like you say, it'll it'll keep on building up, building up to the point where I just explode or whatever something may happen, and it just keep building up, but. Um, uh, I should go to her and let her know, look, hey, you offended me, and we talk about it. But uh, that's my my personality anyway. I'm a talker, so if anything goes on and I I, I can't go to sleep until we talk about it uh, or whatever the case may be, I just like to communicate because, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, things do build up, and uh, I might not take it out on my wife. I might take it out on somebody else, or it could build up with somebody else. And then I go home with my wife. Now, I don't want it to come out on her, so, you know, uh, I try to deal with it when it comes up. Um, um, but like you said earlier, uh, sometimes we might not know how to go to a person because they might receive us the wrong way. Um, but like you say, we'll pray, I pray and ask God to, uh, you know, show me how to talk to this person because I don't want that person to make it make the situation worse than what it really is. But um, I'm nervous, but thank you. We have to remember, y'all, to keep offense down. Remember this scripture. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Come on. Come here. Why do I call you, sweetheart? 
mostly I learned, you know, I'm supposed to, like, you're supposed to go to them, you know? You're not supposed to hold it in. That's what I learned. Um, um, I learned that offense, it can come in different ways towards certain people. And sometimes if you don't come to them the right way, they'll take it offensive and they might, they might not come to you about it. They'll hide it and start, you know, maybe distancing themselves away from you about Um, I learned that offense, it comes in different ways. Um, certain people may take it a different way, and so they might start distancing themselves away from you because of the situation. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Like how you said um, rebuking them like publicly can kind of help better than doing it privately. We had a builder that was helping us in this church, and he was saved, but it was things that he kept doing over and over again that wasn't right. You know what he told me? He said, thank you. Open rebuke is better than secret love. He said, one thing I like about you, you tell me openly. You don't allow it to just ride, and I appreciate that. You letting me know. So we should all let one another know. In public, what I mean to y'all, it don't have to be around a, a lot of people all the time, but you do it right in front of them. That could be public too. It's open. Amen. Um, I thank God for his teaching because it's really needed, especially within marriages. You know, uh, we are not perfect. You know, we love the Lord and everything, but we have, you know, we, we have some time sometimes, especially with our spouses. I mean, Rick, we get along pretty good. I married my best friend and I love him and he loved me. But however, <laughs> and then I said, I got something to say, I had the nerve to say, uh, please don't take a long time. See, this is what we deal with, okay? But anyway, <laughs> so um, this is the scripture, you know, that me personally, that, you know, the Lord had been dealing with me. I mean, I like this scripture because it spoke to me when I read it a long time ago, and you brought it up. And um, Psalms 1914 said, um, no, Psalms 39.3, my heart was hot within me while I was musing, the fire burned. Then I, then spake I with my tongue. 
Yeah. And uh, because um, a lot of times, you know, we be trying to, we want to be better, you know, because, and I say, well, okay, today I'm not going to say nothing much. I'm not going to say much because sometimes I feel like I just say too much to Rick and I need to, you know, work on that. Well, sometimes when he sleep, he looks so sweet. And I just said, oh, I just, he's a good guy. You know, I think about all the good things. I just love Rick. But then when he wakes up, <laughs> and then I say, okay, I'm not going to fuss because I think I fuss too much, okay? And so I say, I'm not going to say nothing. Next thing I know, I open my mouth. Lord, have mercy. But that's what I wanted to say. You know, try to, you know how, how it, how it is. <laughs> but anyway, um. So he provoked you to wrath. Yes. You have something yeah. to say. <laughs> look, at, look at him looking at y'all. He's talking about, when you said enough, he was like, why are you all up in my business? Um, thinking, no, do you have something to say that would help with the teaching? Can you take him to mind? You know, I was thinking about how sometimes, you know, you have something that in your heart and, and you know, you like, you already knew it's there. And instead of dealing with it, you know, just take it on and you say, well, you know what? I'm just going to just sit here. I ain't going to say that. I'm going to handle this. So I used to like to go down to Myrtle Beach and you go down there sometimes, you know, at those, um, those, uh, where you go down there and you could go to a seminar and it says 90 minutes. So. I already know how that works. I see, I go down there to a kid. I say, go down there. I see 90 minutes. That's, that's, that's all I'm being here, just 90 minutes. And I hear it in that dead in my heart when I went there. So when I went there and we sat there, 90 minutes went by. And the man still was talking to the man and say, do you, the man was saying, you, you play golf, John? I said, no, I play golf. Well, you used to play golf, didn't you? And he went on about golf for 15, 20 minutes. I said, man, I don't play no golf, but you know, just how they do. But anyway, he went on, went on, went on, went on. 90 minutes went by. I was still sitting there. And then we had never got to the part where we go around and look at the, uh, the look at the villas and stuff they wanted to show us. Had never got to that yet. So about two hours went by. Then he said, we're going to look at the villas. I said, okay, we're good with it. I was up there burning up. I was burning up on the inside. <laughs> I mean, I was hot and I was holding it in. So anyway, we come back, sit down to the table and, and I said, man, I said, look, I said, man, we, we agreed to 90 minutes. I said, it's already been about three hours in. I said, people coming up, people leaving and going and, well, we ain't got it this yet. And then after a while, another man come to the table. He said, I don't. He started talking. Did he tell you this? Did he tell you that? Ooh, Jesus. I jumped up and grabbed the people. I jumped up and stepped up. They had a glass table in front of us. I jumped up and stepped up at that table. Bye, y'all. I said, enough. This is enough. No more. They scared, scared my wife, scared them. And I don't know where it come from, but it was bought up on the inside of me and I held it in. But see what I should have did in the beginning. I should have told the man, look, I agree to 90 minutes and that's it. But I'm just saying how that thing bought it, bought it. And tell you, it scared me when I did it too. I said, what I was going to do next. But anyway, though, this is how you hold that stuff in and then how that stuff, you know, it's going to come out. It's coming out. And that's what happened to me. But, but where did it come from? The, it, a parcel, well. Don't even explain. That's, that's closing right there. <laughs> oh, wait. What I'm saying is it had to come from somewhere. See? Just like she was saying, when you hold stuff in for so long, we can bring it on to somebody else. That's why we got to get to the root. Because sometimes I'll say something to my husband, I'll say, why did I say it that way? 
He just asked me, what, have we all done it? Somebody asked you a simple question, what? So why would I say it or answer him that way when he asking me, asking me a simple question? That's when I go into my prayer chamber and say, Lord, either I'm tired of my husband, and I know that ain't true, or something in me that's lashing out at him for no reason. We have to check ourselves, y'all. We don't answer anybody any kind of way when they haven't done us no wrong. Amen? Thank you, uh, Deacon Newton. Actually, we we're four hours in by that time. Four, four hours. hours in. Tyson? We want to make sure they hear you. Can you talk? It got to come through the mics. I'm sorry. Can you come on up here, Tyson? Thank you. Psalms 1914, uh, you know, I'm the type of person that I care about what I say. I love people, and I want to love people the way God loves people because um, it, it, I care about people's feelings. Um, I don't like arguments. Um, been with my wife over 30 years. She always starts it if we have one. Um, I just don't like argument because I'm a peaceful guy. I, I will take it. I will take it and, and you win. I always would tell her you win. And uh, she would tell you if she was here right now. And so I'm the type of person that I cares about people and how they feel. Let me ask you, a question. you say she wins, but is she really winning or you just keep it um, She wins. And, 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 and the reason why, um, I would let people, uh, <clears throat> I would, I would let her win because I care about how people feel. And I always try to go back and see how Jesus does things now that I know better. And sometimes it takes me a while to, to get my answer, but I'll continue to meditate on it. And sometimes we might go through two or three Bible studies and all of a sudden somebody will come up or, or, I'll read a scripture or God always answers me later. And I thank God for that. And so some people, you know, you take me wrong because I don't say nothing or whatever, but it's just that I care about people and I just don't want to be the one that, that I just be careful how I speak to somebody and, and, and treat people because I really do care. And I just want to, you know, I'll take the hit and I'll move on. About three, two, about three, two, three. We had no strife. The pastor was teaching on strife. And when I do something, you go, I, I want an understanding of what I'm doing. So when we started doing our new forms, I didn't have the right understanding of how we were supposed to do it. So I'm thinking to myself, this is too much. You have to do it two or three times, and it, that don't make sense. 
So I'm like, uh-uh, something's not right. Something's not right. So I go in the office and I ask Denise. I said, Denise, I said, I have to send it to Pastor James and send it to you. I got to do it twice. Don't ask me. Go ask, go ask Darlene. <laughs> Boy, when she said that, I got just as hot as a jar of red ants. I did. Mr. Williams and all y'all were standing there. Come here, Gloria. Come on, you sister. Come here. And, and, and then Mr. Willie was standing there. So, you know, I, I go back out and I get on the phone with Darlene and Darlene, don't tell y'all tell me my stuff don't work right. You ain't doing it right. Now I'm already hot. I'm serious. When I get hot, you know, I'm hot. I, I, I don't pretend I was hot. Gloria said, your face right. Red coming back there. Show him how I went past Mr. Willie. Like to knock Willie down. And so then, you know, but I got an understanding of what we were supposed to do. I said, oh, okay, so that's simple. So then afterwards, Denise came back there, closed the door, and I'm still hot with it, really. I'm hot now. I said, look here, don't bring no strife up in here. I'm full of it myself. That's what I want to talk. Don't bring no strife up in here. And Denise said, well, T, now, uh, Deborah looked at you like, what in the world going on with T? I said, well, I reckon I got to apologize to Miss Deborah. Because I was acting a fool, and I was, because I was hot. And so me and Denise, you know, we got it straightened out, and, and, you know, we ironed everything out, hugged and squeezed and everything. But in the meantime, Mr. Willie said, come on, Denise, we got to go get that chicken. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it was just a mess, and we had just got taught on strife, and was full of it. But we ironed it out. And everything is good now because I didn't have an understanding of what I was supposed to do. And I was hot and it made it worse when she hollered at me. And she said, well, Tina, you know that's just the way I talk. Well, it wasn't the right time to holler. <laughs> but we ironed it out and I give God glory for letting me know, chill out. It ain't that serious. But let's go back to this. When you went to her, mm-hmm. how long you been knowing Sister Nick? Long time. Long time. I want to show, show you something. You want to settle this. How long has her voice been like that with you? Well, a long time. But that's where she talks sometimes. But, that's where she talks. Uh-huh. But you already heated. I was already hot. So she wasn't paying no attention of how she was. She got mad because she going to her and she wanted her to tell her. She couldn't tell you because she was trying to figure it out herself. Right, right. Then it led to Willie almost getting knocked down. Then y'all ironed it out. And then Willie going to holler at Sister Denise and she going to say what? I'm coming, Willie. <laughs> Give me a minute, Willie. And so, Gl- Gloria back there cracking up laughing at us, right? <laughs> but... We all love one another. And we get it right. And then she's going to get her stirred up because he wants some chicken. Is this not good, y'all, or what? God is so good. He, we're helpers of one another. We're only human. But as long as we get it right, we good. Thumbs up. We are dismissed. Hold on. My husband got something to say. You got something to say too, Julie? No, you got something to say? I think you raised your hand. Didn't she, Manny? Don't be telling all my people. I'm displaying. Well, I got offended coming to church tonight. 
And um, first of all, I want to share this right here. You know how um, husbands, you know sometimes your wife uh, talk good about you and you feel, oh, big and got to be bragging sometimes. But I remember one time Rick told me that um, he was putting the floor on down in his bathroom, I think. He the cat that came in there just, honey, you're doing such a good job. And she just, break. Rick said, he, he got so big, so he started doing the whole house. So, uh, but while I'm getting that, we took the air to school about three weeks ago. And was coming back down 40, and I run about 70 miles an hour. You know how they got that cement wall about this high? So some places you can't really see around the wall till you get around there. And she's always reading or doing something looking down, right? So I come around that wall, run about 70, and there's an aluminum ladder laying in the road, but it's kind of um, not flat, but it's like an A-frame ladder laying upright, so it's about that tall. And I saw that ladder, my first instinct was hit the brakes. And I did, I heard the ABS brakes lock up. And I went in the left lane between the ladder and the wall and just did made it through. Well, I said, honey, I'm so proud of you. said, that's quick. Thanks. I don't know what I'm going to do if I was driving. Like, I felt kind of good, you know. <laughs> so uh, tonight, we was coming to Bible study. Let me get my mic ready. <laughs> coming to Bible study tonight, and we had Ariel on speakerphone talking to Ariel. And we was, I went on about 35 because I come to the stoplight. All of a sudden, she said, Watch out for that possum. I slammed them brakes. Yeah, stop. Why you didn't hit him? You should have hit brakes like that. I'm like, Amanda, that's what you got to see behind the phone. You should have just hit him. I'm like, why you hollers and watch the possum then? So I'm like, I can't win from losing. So I'm like. No, no. The reason why I told my husband to hit the possum, he was right there in front of the car. He was already dead. He was already dead. When she hollered, your instinct, when somebody hollered, what you going to do? You going to react. He was already dead because he was in front of my car. I didn't hit him? He didn't help. You showed it because you threw me forward. (laughs) So. I said, you messed up somebody's body like that. So so Sarah's going in the store at the same time. So (laughs) my keys, phone, everything went up under the the, um, brakes and all that. Y'all know that was a hard hit, right? So she said, "Um, you know, I got the phone in the area. I said, well, call it back then. So she called everybody said, you dad hang up? I said, no. So I was trying to tell I was going to the store, but y'all was fussing in the background, so I just hung up the phone. <laughs> so anyway. To God be the glory, we made it here. Hallelujah. We are dismissed. Tyson, dismiss us, please.